Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Thor the Winter Soldier, or whatever the other part was called. Welcome, everybody, to the film board. That's Tom. Hello, it's me, Tom. Hi, everybody. Oh, really? (laughs) And we also have Steve Sarmento. Hi, Steve. Hello, good evening. And Andy Nelson. Hi. We have science to talk about. (laughs) 
Uh, this is the film board. We've got the uh, the what is now the regular gang of thugs, uh, uh, and we are here to talk about Thor, the Dark World. After all this time, now you come to visit me, brother. Why? To mock. I need your help. But I wish I could trust you. If you did, you'd be the fool I always took you for. What's gonna happen? I gave you my word. I would return for you. You face an enemy, known only to a few. Known only to one. You must be truly desperate to come to me for help. If we do nothing, they will destroy us. You even think about betraying him. I'll kill you. That was from New York. I like her. Your family. Your world will be extinguished. We're running out of time. The very fabric of reality can be torn apart. Find a way to save us all. So we're looking at Thor: The Dark World. Everybody, let's uh, let's go go around. Tell tell me what you think of the movie. Uh, uh, Steve, you go first. You never go first. I never go first. Okay, I yeah, will go first. You go first. I will uh, say. I guess initial impressions are uh, mixed because I felt like Thor, the Thor films in the whole Marvel universe, sort of served the purpose of let's introduce some things that are going to play a bigger role in the marvel universe and really that's about the only function that thor movies serve it's it's got some high points you know it's it's entertaining um but i i'd say it, it just doesn't hold up as strong as some of the other uh you know so, uh, superhero standalone or individual films uh in the, in the marvel universe that have come out you know in the past couple of years I'm I'm a little surprised to hear you say that. I thought you were going to be the one that was totally bullish on this film. I always try to predict where you're going to be, and I go the exact opposite. <laughs> Andy, what did you think of Thor? You know, I mean, I, I agree uh, with Steve for the most part. I, I enjoyed watching it. It was a, a very visual and big experience. Um, it didn't really leave me with anything other than, you know, little clues of, to, of what to expect in the future films um, in the whole Avengers saga. But I do like the character Thor. You know, I have my own little Thor script that I wrote. And so I kind of I like what they do with him. I think that they do a pretty good job with the character of Thor. Um, but I still always find him a little dull because he's. It's it's kind of the Superman complex, which is why I find the Superman films so dull. Is it's like it's a person who really doesn't have any vulnerabilities, and it just gets kind of boring watching somebody in that position. This one, I thought at least I liked that they we we weren't on Earth as much, and I felt like there was a little less of that because he was fighting for the most part people who were kind of more on par with his level. But uh, mm. I you know. I still, uh, I mean, it was a fun watch, but it didn't, uh, it didn't knock my socks off or anything. Okay, Andy. Yep. No, oh, I mean me. that was you, Tom. <laughs> Andy, Andy, can Andy, you Andy, 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 Tom. Everything that you just stated. Andy, Tom. Um, that's right. 
<laughs> I get Actually, I get bored just talking about the film. I <laughs> uh, for me, Tommy, uh, it was as I've said ad nauseum, and I apologize to keep repeating things. I'm not a big superhero guy. I'm not a big fantasy guy, um, and so my expectations for my enjoyment for this film were sky low. Wait, sky high. What's the opposite? Ground low, um, and. When within the f- first thirty seconds, the term "dark elves" is used, and I was just like, "Oh no, dark elves! This is not for me." And that being said, I actually thought it was a lot of fun, uh, filled with much too much talking and exposition and a little bit of nonsense and boring things. When I sort of went away in my head and rewatched Gravity in my mind, but then there was really a lot of fun stuff in it. And because potentially because my expectations were so low, I was kind of a fan. Fancy that. Right? That's a real twist. <laughs> totally didn't see that coming. It. I know. Wow. Like make a make a fantasy film about baseball. We <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm all in. Yeah, no, it's weird. I, I really had a good time. That is weird. I, you know, I think I'm, I'm with, uh, I'm, I'm very much with Andy on Thor in, in particular. I've never, I don't think I've ever really had a, a very deep connection with Thor. Uh, and uh, I mean, I've, I've read, you know, I've, I've, I've done the comics of Thor, and I, I actually like Superman a lot more than Andy does. I, I'm a big fan of the, uh, of the Superman, but, uh, but Thor for some reason is just weird. It's always been weird. This whole crossover between the, the uh, Thor Odin look, I'm a Viking kind of a thing, and and. Um, uh, and and Earth has never seemed wholly appropriate, and it always seems the weak link to me in the Avengers. And it's it it just I, I've never really found that like who who would think of this and who would think of it as becoming really popular seems really strange to me. Yeah. So uh, it, somehow it got popular. Now I I um, because I already pretty much know what I'm going to get with Chris Hemsworth. I and and you know to. A lesser extent, Natalie Portman. I I found myself really watching uh, Tom Hiddleston, um, yes, and, who I uh, I was I really liked Tom Hiddleston. I, I I wished, in fact, they would have done more with him. I thought there were some really interesting little hints at depth in this film that I got very excited about, and they didn't really capitalize on him. And Christopher Eccleston uh, I, as Malachith. Uh, you know, I mean, you put a Doctor Who on screen, and I'm I I think that's fascinating. I like this guy a lot. I liked him. I've liked him in just about everything else he has done, um, and uh, so I was excited to see him. I thought he was woefully underused in in terms of the breadth of his bad guy role. It was just it was kind of blah. So you know. Car- his character was so underwritten. That yeah. was the biggest, that was my well, biggest I've, problem with the film. I've I've heard that there were some scenes that there were some more scenes with that character that I guess got cut. I guess because due to runtime, I, I don't know. So I'm I'm hoping on DVD that we may be able to see some of those pieces to maybe redeem part of that story and that and that character that was just yeah really underdeveloped uh, in, in this film. And I was hoping for so much more out of that that character because they we've seen you know you know pete i agree i was really excited with what they did with loki in this film mm-hmm. uh you know going from the villain sort of in you know avengers and even the first thor film 
you know, but to really transition him into that traditional Loki role of sort of the, you know, selfish ambition. And I'm always going to play this to get what I want. And it's, it's really that where we see him playing, you know, sort of both sides of this. And I, you know, I keep thinking somebody needs to sit this guy down with a copy of Macbeth and see, you know, the selfish ambition isn't going to end up so well for you, but it's so much fun to see him constantly scheme to say okay how can i use this to my advantage how can i use that to my advantage and, and that right. was you know the, really for me the strength of the film in these you know tom as you said these these dark elves i just i i don't even i didn't know what they wanted yeah they wanted to make everything dark but they were they're just I, mean yeah they are just <laughs> yeah, mean thought, they're what, spite for spite's sake Right. Does it's anyone like, know what? if there is there an actual like dark elf thread in the Thor comics at all, or is this something that was completely invented for <laughs> for the movie? That's so funny. Because I'm, I'm curious. I thought at yeah. one point you were going to ask, are there really dark uh, elves? Are there really dark elves out there? Because I tell you guys, this really scares me. I'm yeah. nervous about this convergence coming up. Because I remember when I had this conversation about Skeksis. <laughs> Those things are wicked scary. <laughs> but that is a good question. Is this a real... Because it's so underdeveloped and they just... It's like back when we used to make movies, like superhero movies or something, when just villains were just villains and didn't have this cool backstory or anything. Is there a dark elf? Uh, yeah. Just like, was there something more in the comics that that somebody who read them would go, oh, well, he's doing this because of blah, 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 and they have all the answers. I, I just felt like I, it, it was an interesting world that they created, like the whole beginning with uh, you see all the nine realms, and I thought it was interesting that Anaheim was one of them. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't That's catch that. All. That's awesome. Was it, was, it, was it Anaheim or was it no, Vanaheim? It's Vanaheim, it? but, but I, I, like I, to, I, I like to think that Disney oh. really is... <laughs> Like so, that's why they're there. It's it's their own that's realm. Awesome. <laughs> but I I liked that whole vibe. It really had a when it started. I kind of got excited. It felt like it was going to do this mythological Lord of the Rings thing with all of these realms, and it was going to really draw me in. And I just felt like like you guys have already said. It just where did that story go? I felt like completely left behind once we ended up jumping back to Earth, and we had to endure uh, all of the Earthlings dealing with trying to figure out their, their science so they could, you know, figure out why their little machines are doing whatever, and, yeah. and little kids are picking up cars, and things are disappearing and reappearing, which all was really interesting. I liked that quite a bit, but I, I really felt like the mythology and the, the reasons for the Dark Elves all got left on the wayside in the process of trying to tie all this back together with, you know, let's cram it into Jane so that we can find a way to get her into this story more is really what that whole thing felt like. Right, right. <laughs> yes, right. Like, I, why did she get sucked to this random place where this red, you know, the, the red, you know, ether gets sucked into her? I mean, it, it, it didn't seem like there was any logical reason ever introduced that she was the one that, that was the person who got sucked to this thing. It just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, so the, to answer your question, um, Malekith the Accursed uh, and the Dark Elves appeared in the 80s, in, in the early 80s in, in Thor, uh, in the Thor comics. And, and so, yes, they, they did. They were actually the—they um, came about in contrast to the Bright Elves, uh, but not to be confused with the Light Elves. So there are Bright Elves, Dark Elves, and Light Elves. 
in that. I'm so turned on right now. Right, right. <laughs> uh, and, uh, he, you know, Malekith was the, the ruler of, of these elves. So the, the storyline exists, and... and um, but do you, with your knowledge of that, I is have, there? I don't more? have knowledge of that. No, there's I, there's a long storyline. What I don't know, and I don't I don't know well, is um, uh, the the you know the 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 goo. What was the goo? The ether. The ether. Right. Right. Uh, I, I'm not sure where that uh, if if that was part of just the cinematic universe, the Marvel cinematic universe. I don't. I I can't. Uh, I can't find any reference to uh, broader use of ether in the comics. And that's just the next. That's the tesseract, or the yeah, the uh, what's it called? Well, the Transformers te- cube. Like they just were very cool that would be about Ener- just Energon. Energon. <laughs> I'm less turned on. Believe me, me too. That were so cool with just using such obvious MacGuffins for these kind of films. Now, I, I don't. Has it always been that way, or there's just always a thing? that is too strong and can't be harnessed and all this kind of stuff. And then the whole movie is just a bunch of sort of moving pieces around this little thing that is barely understood and barely explained. Well, yeah. I mean, in these movies, right? I mean, I'm, I, am I crazy in saying yes, that that's the truth? I'm, I can't, I'm tr- thinking through. Well, I think that's the nature of superhero yeah, you, there's movies. There's always going to got... be the something. The kryptonite, the I mean, there's always some element that kind of ties into their superpowers, I think. And, you know, I think that's just something that you kind of say that's a given in superhero movies. Uh, obviously, it's not quite the same in the Thor movie. It's not like it gave him his powers or anything. But it is this thing that's in this realm of theirs that obviously becomes kind of a key part in their their mythology. Right. Okay. The All Spark. What's the All Spark? The All Spark. Right. That's the, that's that's the same the trans- thing that the Energon that's the Transformers. That's what I was trying. That's okay. the Energon. That's cube the, the God field. of Energon. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess in the superhero movies that I like, there isn't something like that, like what? Batman, Iron Man, stuff like that. Mm. There's no. Just sort of mythological, but there's no reason to go onto that. I'm sorry. I just wanted to bring that well, up. This well, was well, just Tom, another. In, in, in the Thor films, I mean that. Because he comes from this other realm, it gives us that that gateway to bring in these sort of you know extraterrestrial threats and forces into the world, the universe of the Avengers, because they're they're limited to their their knowledge of what's what's here on Earth. So you know Tony Stark may be the most brilliant scientist you know on the planet, but so to, to give him something that to fight against, we've got to bring in something that's beyond his experience or, or the, you know, the Avengers as a force together, if there's nothing really on earth that, that can stand their way, we've got to bring that from outside. And, you know, I see Thor as that character that allows that access point into the universe for these, these, you know, sort of mystical or supernatural or very advanced science, uh, forces or elements like this ether, uh, to, to bring that into this, this comic book universe and give them something to really, contend with and i think that's sort of again what i really see these thor films that role that they play is to bring those outside things into so that the avengers have some something to battle against that's bigger than themselves that makes sense that actually yeah. makes a lot of sense thank you well does it make sense enough to excuse some of the issues in in the 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 i, I don't know i guess i want to go back to the underwriting of the film that's I, because there's as i i think through it like there's nothing in this film that 
I found in terms of the, you know, accepting the superhero tropes, right? There's nothing in this film that I found was was just offensive uh, and terrible. I, I thought it was it was good. I had fun um, at this film, right? Uh, generally, I had fun with the spectacle of it. I had fun, you know, uh, kind of watching the, the science unfold all around me. I really enjoyed watching Tom uh, Hiddleston and, and, uh, I, and still... Uh, and Stellan Skarsgård, I'm running around naked in Stonehenge, <laughs> Stonehenge. I thought it was hysterical. I thought he did a great job. Um, oh yeah, I like I like this Thor, the the Dark World. I liked it a lot better than the the first Thor film. Really? Which, yes. In my in my opinion, was the you know well Captain Captain America and Thor their first films were both sort of unequal footing as watch they it, were they it. were okay. No, stop, stop. Captain America was awesome. Stop it. Uh, but 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 this one, it. I really think because we've you know, particular. <laughs> Particularly with, uh, you know, Stellan Skarsgård's character, he, you know, his own character, he's had this arc of experience that you've seen these other films, you've, you've got all this invested in, we don't have to spend a lot of time to know, okay, who is this guy, what does he bring to the story, it's already there, so we can capitalize on that, uh, and I thought that they did a great job of really leveraging all the prior knowledge we have of, of these characters and what their strengths are and their backgrounds and really moving that forward without having to spend a lot of time, you know, okay, if you haven't seen any other films, here's who these people are. We sort of jump into it. And I think maybe that's why I was disappointed with, you know, as we're saying, sort of the the lack of development in, in some of the other characters, or, you know, the, the Dark Elves specifically. But everything else, I mean, I really, really enjoyed i i mean there's there's a lot of playfulness a lot of fun to it uh we got a much larger sense of you know these these other realms we you know we we start off you know in, in anaheim and these other realms and it's like okay here's this much larger <laughs> universe now it's become a thing just now it's become a th- and we're visiting all of them uh and it you know it was it, it felt like a larger story than the first thor film did and it, there was a lot going on i think there was a lot more for the character of thor to do he became a much more uh active character in this one where he's actually you know he's doing something different he's he's got to come up with a plan he can't just take his hammer and bash his way through everything he's got to figure he's got to come up with a plan to to deal with some of these challenges he's faced and that was something different that they did with him it, that I that I appreciated something that I wasn't expecting to see out of this film. I I would agree with that. I you know I think there that 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 sort of goes with me having actually having some some fun at this film uh, as opposed to the the first one which I you know I I I didn't get as much certainly not as much repeat enjoyment out of this out of, out of the first film. It just, just didn't didn't age well. It just sort of told the story and I kind of move on with it. Um but this one there was enough going on and enough going on in the the this I think what saddens me about the film is that I I feel like there is this sense of grit that I I wanted to see and wanted to be surprised particularly in in Loki the trickster, right? When he when when uh, you get a sense of it when Thor goes up to the cell and says enough tricks Loki and he and he sort of wipes away and turns out he's you know he's <laughs> like uh, you know in a pile of his own vomit and you know it's like <laughs> just really he's really in, in in dire straits right you you get a sense of, of a little bit of taste of of grit uh in his character that I really wanted to see more of. This character is normally put together and yet lets his guard down in a way that I think is really compelling with his brother that that they supposedly hate each other and yet that that relationship starts to redeem itself. I wanted more of that texture, you know. I wanted more of that um, that that I don't think we got. And you know, it's interesting. I I wonder how much of this when you look at at um, 
because uh, this this film was written by let's see Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, uh, who also who were not involved in the first Thor, and Christopher Yost, and Christopher right. Yost, but they were involved in Captain America, both Captain America movies. They wrote the both Cap- Captain America movies and Andy's uh, surprise hit of 2013, Pain and Gain. That's right. Uh, so. What what is it that there is a there's a different taste to this film uh, as opposed to the first Thor? Who let's see who wrote the first first Thor? The first, first Thor was Ashley Miller, Zach Stentz, and Don Payne. Uh, and and then uh, Don Payne wow. did did come back and uh, initially write some of the story for this uh, this one. I think right away, um, but and he had been involved in the Fantastic Four. Rise of the Silver Surfer movie, mm-hmm. um, and my super yeah, yeah. ex-girlfriend, and my super uh. ex-girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, not uh, oh, not uh, <laughs> oh, the yeah. film. Not, <laughs> no, he, mine. Not, not, not Pete Wright's right. personal my experience. What I found is, is my, my first reaction to this when I when I walked out and sort of had a chance to play everything back was I thought, wow, was this was did this film start off as a recycled Mission Impossible script? Because so many of the plot devices were, <laughs> oh, this person's this person. Oh no, they're not. And you know, there were you know not as many yeah. surprises in in my uh, you know when you know if we're going to get into spoiler territory now, um, sure. I've gotten a little bit close with the idea right. of Loki getting one. Pete, are you oh, usually? You're, yeah, you're saying you're saying <laughs> that's on me then. No, right. I'm just wondering. No. Spoil away. I, I ask you. Spoil away. Yep. No, the it's ones. the time. Tis the time. Okay. Do it. Time. Okay. So when you know when when Thor has his you know at the end is is talking to Odin and you know we of course see that it's it's not him. When I saw it, there were a few gasps of surprise. When my my wife and and older daughter saw it, there were quite. They said there were a lot of people that were surprised. I thought how. We've established this a number of times throughout. We know that's one of Loki's like primary things. I, I thought it was put to good good use earlier on with 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 Jane, but I, I was really disappointed with the whole like you know Thor sort of leveraging that as part of his deception. It just felt like okay, how, what can we do here? Oh well, here's this gimmick we're going to use several times throughout the film of something that we think we see, but it's not really what it is, and it just that sort of disappointed me. Uh, because it just felt like every time they got to a, you know, sort of a, a had written themselves to a point of like, well, we'll just bring this gimmick in because we know Loki has this ability. We'll just use it to, to get our way out of it, as opposed to other, I guess, I don't know, unique or creative or unexpected ways that that would have maybe surprised me. And so I was a little disappointed with with that aspect of the story. Really, everyone in your theater, there were a lot of gasps. They were surprised. I thought what. <laughs> yeah, that just, was the lo- that was the longest reveal in history. Yeah. Well, that, that reminds me of like last time we talked about gravity. Yeah, and they were like, "What? These are George the same Lee people who didn't <laughs> just open up a space capsule and come in for a chat." Yeah, yeah, she yeah, just covered just like, covered her face with a paper bag. Right, <laughs> everything's fine. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, well, I was actually I, a big fan of most of the uh, until the last one because it went on too long. I liked the. Um, I guess I have more, surprisingly, I have more tolerance for that kind of fakery than I do for, like, Mission Impossible 2 because there's something just so gross about 
everyone taking off like these incredibly formed masks off of their head and being like, ta-da, it's me the whole time. The fact that it's actually like a supernatural ability is kind of more interesting to me. Yeah, it, it, I think it, uh, I mean, it, I wouldn't say that it was a surprise to me, although I, I was like, well, you know, it, it was interesting that, you know, they, they played it where, they, they played it pretty well, I think, pretty solidly that he died. And so I liked that he came back in that little, you know, it's just Loki. It, it worked so right. well for the yeah. character. And oh, it, uh, it, it does, yeah. I, I, I guess it didn't bother me that they, they brought it back so many times. It's just one of those things that I, I like that they seem to be really, like you were saying earlier, Steve, they really seem to be developing that side of Loki where it's this trickster and... I have a feeling that as we continue seeing more of the uh, the Avenger films and all that, whenever there's an opportunity to bring Loki in and have him doing these things, that that they will certainly jump on that. Because, because I mean, why wouldn't you? I had a right. person in full Loki regalia in the theater with me. It was oh, wow. it's that sort of character that draws people to it. It's it is a, an audience favorite, and uh, I mean Loki. Uh, the crowd just ate up every scene that Loki was in, and it was great to see. So I, I think that's why it doesn't bother people so much when you see that sort of stuff, that trickery, because it's fun. It, it In a movie like this that is just so over-the-top, glossy comic book, it's just it, it's just one of those little fun things that you can throw in. And so, yeah, I had a good time with it. Was and there, was there anybody in Thor uh, regalia? Was that? Was there anyone there in was, Thor regalia? There was nobody in Thor regalia. Loki wow. is the one that everybody loves. That's, was there an, yeah. anyone in Jane? Well, I, 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 <laughs> I was wearing my Jane outfit, yes. Like you're in your distractingly red boots during the big... Right. Am I the only person that found that so annoying? I totally got that. Actually, As she's running actually, through rubble in giant red boots. In giant red boots. It was so annoying. I don't know why I found it so annoying. But I did want to say one thing to uh, just to sort of compliment what you guys were saying. Um, and I forgot it. Go ahead. <laughs> what was it? That was great. Uh, I don't know. All I'm going to say is I had much more fun watching Kat Dennings uh, as Darcy than I did watching uh, Jane. Uh, I thought she was she's she's always goofy and delightful, and I loved her relationship with Intern. Uh, I thought yeah. that that little comic bit was uh, um, really fun. I think that I think they would have really made it work really well for me if they had pulled a uh, Nick and Nora, and they actually cast uh, cast him from Nick and Nora. What's his name to be the Intern? I thought he he would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, uh, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah, yeah, thank you. You know, I funny. her character really just struck me as the the fun character to make the make the kiddies laugh sort of character. Yeah. And you know, I I get uh, I think you're calling watching, you're calling me a kitty. <laughs> I am calling you a kitty. I, I watching movies, uh, the superhero movies like this make me appreciate the dark Knight and those sorts of superheroes much more because I, I gravitate to the ones that have a little more, uh, 
gravitas to them and all of that silliness you know i could certainly do without so well you know it's starting oh. we're, we're getting to the point yeah you're I know. just I'm old and party. sad man oh, you gotta be able to have fun i mean I, you have to embrace no. your inner 12 year old that's right and yeah. just and just have fun and and that's what this movie is and and i did but there's I guess just there's there's story issues that I have where I, I just see potential to do things, you know, whether where it's relying on like the same gimmick or, you know, and I want to talk about some of the things going on in the end of the film. But, you know, we can talk about that later. But no, that, that whole I, none of that sort of light comic relief piece bothered me at all it was just it was fun it's a, a fun light tone for the no. movie and i think that's something all the marvel universe always has is that lighter tone as a pair as opposed to dc which always seems a little bit more shrouded in the darkness mm-hmm. i like i like saying, I'm not I like the light i didn't tone. enjoy it yeah i'm not okay. saying i didn't enjoy it I, I i do enjoy it it doesn't bother me when i'm watching it but what it does do is it makes me notice that much more that gosh if they just cut those out we could have had a much more interesting story going on with these dark elves because I feel like they're cutting stuff out in order to keep that stuff, which I end up in the end finding unnecessary, and I'm really grasping for trying to find a, a stronger story. That's why it bothers me. It, after, in retrospect, as I think about it, I'm like, I didn't need oh, those okay. scenes with yeah. Kat Denning and the intern. I really would have right. liked more with the dark elves so I could figure out what the heck they were trying to do with this convergence. I, that I will. That I will give you. Um, if if it's about trade offs, I'll give you that. But I'm with Steve on his inner twelve year old. I would embrace that uh, that kid all day long. Um, I'm halfway <laughs> with Andy, in the way that I still think that the that the lightness and the humor could be smart and did come from Chris Helmsworth. Did come so much from. I'm sorry, Tom Middleston. Middleston. Hiddleston. Tom Middle Hiddleston. You don't. You guys don't know his middle name, um, and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> there's a really middle. fun. I think it's William. <laughs> there's a, there's a really fun. <laughs> there's a really fun, smart, humor to the movie. Uh, for me, though, then there was Kat Dennings, and I and I seem to maybe be against Pete and Steve with this. I found her so irritating. I felt it was so forced. Uh, her that it was like there were other times when it was like oh this is fun and we're like taking you know when like Thor is has to take the subway like that's fun and that makes it light we're putting a god into just normal everyday stuff and then Kat Denning shows up at that dinner with the date uh, and she's just like I'm the comic relief like couldn't have been more clear of like now everyone should put their brains to sleep don't worry about science <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna oh, steal I, your. I, I'm gonna steal your bread and make a bunch of dumb things. It was just so too much. Oh too no! Much. I think that was that was that character in the too first Thor much. film. No, in the first Thor film, I think that character. That's that role that character played. In this one, she had a lot more story function to to bring information to Jane to to pull things together. I really saw that. Yes, there's there's light comic moments, but I really saw that they they sought out to have more of a a function in terms of story and conveying information or pulling characters together in this film as opposed to the first Thor film where she just was was obnoxious and just sort of there and didn't, I didn't really see as serving a purpose they didn't know what to do with that character whereas here there seemed to be you know more for her to do that was useful to to story well and they needed to build a team if they're going to go down this yeah. this road where they have you know they're using uh Dr uh Skarsgård 
Eric. Eric. Uh, they're using Eric's, uh, you know, his, you know, wave nails uh, that you put into the earth. Uh, then they need enough people around there to to deliver those nails, and so I get that they needed to have you know they need to have intern carry the toaster, and they need to you know. But I, I I'm with Steve. I think they actually made her character uh, more interesting in this film certainly than they did in in the first one, where where she was much more of a doorknob character, and I I. I, I thought she was funny. But, you know, Andy and I are just coming off of, of uh, Nick and Nora's uh, Infinite Playlist where, you know, she was somebody I think that we both liked uh, yeah. in that she film. She was so good in that movie. She was yeah, so great. She was. And, and, and you know, she was... <laughs> It was hard, you know, not to see her as anything there. I don't watch Two Broke Girls. I don't know what her character is like on there, but it, it seems very much like she's she's got this this range in these films where she's she's playing this character. I mean, I, as far yeah, as I know, exactly. her day job in Nick and Nora was as an assistant to science. Um, so right, she feels like this is her character that she will forever play. <laughs> yes, and I guess what would have helped me is. In addition to the snarkiness that is definitely a part of her thing, is also some sort of competence. Yeah, and I didn't yeah, feel exactly. that there was. That's what makes a comic foil a comic foil, like in a bad way for me, of just sort of like no, I'm stumbling along and I don't know what things are, and I use the word like all the time, versus actually like <laughs> why would she have been hired by a scientist? I don't know if I'm going on too long. <laughs> use the yeah. word like all the time. Yeah, but just like she, she just sort of seemed like a snarky teenager that got hired to do this job that is literally saving the world. Yeah. I would like a little bit of that, like even in uh, at risk of jumping, like in National Treasure, those movies. The kid, I don't know his name, I apologize, but the male kid who's kind of a snarky, yes. sarcastic teenager. He's actually he has really a good role to play. He's yeah. smart. And he adds to things, and every once in a while he's like, oh, I know that the dollar bill is actually the eye of God. I don't remember that movie that well, but the point being that like he has something to add, not just is there in charge of putting weird sticks in the ground. Right. That was uh, Justin Bartha. Uh, Justin Bartha! Oh, right! And he's from also in The Hangover, yeah. In The Hangover, yeah. Yes. I just saw him in a, in the theater in um, Why Would I Talk About That? Cool. So <laughs> I haven't so I guess, seen that play. That's uh, the, the the Sunshine Boys. It's playing in Los Angeles, everybody. All right. <laughs> uh, but I guess that's what maybe I I wanted was she was just snark. Yeah. Instead okay. of just actually giving something. That's it. All right. Done. All right. So Tom got the last word on her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you guys want to read the novel I'm writing about Cat Dennings in this performance, go to Amazon. <laughs> All right. What do we uh, What do we think of Alan Taylor? Can we Can we do a little roundtable on Alan Taylor? And I I will tell you it's I that, was what Who is the that director. the director? Oh, good. Yeah. Welcome. He's important. <laughs> He's an important guy. So Alan Taylor, um, I'm, you know, I was really looking forward to the Alan Taylor kind of touch, if only because, and I'm again, he's, you know, he has uh, directed a number of. Um, Directed in a number of series, uh, particularly uh, Sopranos, Sex in the City, Homicide, Life on the Streets, but uh, I, I likely six of my very favorite Game of Thrones episodes uh, across season one and season two, and uh, it was. Game of Thrones that made me most excited to see this film. And I, you know, I, not that I was hoping for Game of Thrones, you know, on, on 
in Thor, but I, I was certainly hoping for for more of that grit. And that that I think is, um, you know, what I felt was uh, uh, many much more safe choices than they were than they are enabled to, to make on HBO. And and uh, you know, I'm I'm still on the fence with uh, with Taylor. I'm going to admit it. I don't know what I think about Alan Taylor's um, direction. It felt, you know, and I, I don't know if I can fairly just put it to him or him and the writers, but this one felt, the thing I did like about the first Thor film is it felt somehow ended up feeling more mythological. It felt a little more, I don't know, grounded in the mythology. And I think Kenneth Branagh was probably the right guy to bring a story like Thor because, uh, you know, his tie to Shakespeare, it just kind of seemed like he could bring that find a way to make that Norse mythology interesting, at least to me. This one felt like they were trying to get it, but it all felt like this veneer on the top of really what was just kind of a this big, uh, you know, Disney Marvel Avengers story that was really just designed to get from point A to point B in their lineup of things. And it, it kind of struck me like Snow White and the Huntsman did, which was another film that you know, I brought up Lord of the Rings earlier. It had that Lord of the Rings feel, but it never felt like it had the deeper mythology that um, that Lord of the Rings actually does. Snow White and the Huntsman never got that. This one didn't. I, I, I interestingly, it had a lot more of going on with the Nine Realms and all that, but I didn't feel like he found a way to bring the mythology in in a way that made it work for me. It all just felt very superficial. That that mm. I think Andy is what you is what I'm what I'm sort of getting at here. The problem is is that it's that superficiality of it that makes it. And, and what I was looking so forward to was not the, the tie to, um, you know, necessarily to more superhero dumb or or you know more, uh, uh, but but the tie to alt fantasy that that we've seen so much in Game of Thrones. That's that's the the kind of environmental grit I'm looking for. And and spending these times in these all the time in the Nine Realms. I found the mythology of this film ultimately so superficial that it was forgettable. You know, as I was prepping for the movie, I couldn't remember, you know, I just saw this a day before yesterday. I could not remember what the point of the Nine Realms was right off the top of my head. I had to go actually read the synopsis to right. remember what this movie was about. Right. The Convergence, right? It's, See, it's wouldn't very... have been able to tell you that. Without reading, yeah, it it very much kind of drops it after that opening, and you know it's happening. But I'm like, I don't know what is going to happen when these nine circles in the sky line up. You know, it just it it didn't really give me much of a sense of anything other than like monsters are going to start dropping through these little gateways and end up flipping buses or whatever. You know, it didn't make any sense to me. Well, that yeah, was that's yeah. that's one of the problems I really have with the end is they they spend the the beginning, you know, Thor is you know he's traveled to all these different realms to sort of bring things back into order, and then you know we're going to have this convergence. And I thought, okay, other than the fact that we have this you know big you know sort of dinosaur like dog come bounding through, we don't really have any interaction with those other nine realms. Thor's been there; he's been to these places. He knows the people there. He's got access to all these resources there to help him. You know, why aren't the, the Nine Realms converging together to fight the Dark Elves since they're, you know, they're oh, all, that's you know, have something to lose too. And, and the story started off large and then just got so small where it was like, well, Earth is the only one responsible for really fighting off the Elves. 
because for whatever reason, you know, we, we didn't, you know, I would have loved to have seen Thor, you know, use those, you know, the gravity spikes opening portals. They, they used it to send things away. Right. You know, and and that it, was, was, it was great. We could take Thor's hammer away, which is okay, great. What's he can do? But we, they weren't, you know, the Dark Elves weren't pulling stuff and nobody pulled anything else in from these other realms to really make this, you know, a truly, you know, universe expanding, you know, conflict right. at the end. It was just, oh, we're like, going to fight in, in, in London for a little bit and we're going to be within like a two block radius. And don't you get the like feeling, the, though, you guys, yeah. that this is, this is becoming the fundamental problem of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And you could tell they were, they were trying to deal with some of the, the cognitive uh, dissonance that occurs now that they're merging all of these franchises. But when, you know, when she, when, when Jane looks at him and says, you were in New York and you didn't even call right uh that's a real problem when you have these <laughs> realms open up and we've already seen what happens when a realm opens up over new york and armies come flowing down into the city and now you're going to open nine realms and nothing's going to happen but a dinosaur dog hopping through accidentally <laughs> like that is that is cognitive dissonance that, that we can't you know it, it's very difficult to make sense of this collusion of of universes that that um that we're supposed to somehow just let go of and i i you know as you as I, as I was watching the trailer of of uh, you know the winter soldier which i am extremely bullish about i'm very excited about the next uh, captain america it, that same thing keeps coming back in my mind what are they going to do with what happens when superheroes are not on screen yet we've they've already proven that they can be on screen together at an instant well i think they handled that you know they tackled that in iron man 3 and I think they did a they did a sound job of handling how Tony Stark and Iron Man deals with the aftermath of that. And from you know, I I saw Thor in 3D, so I got to see the the five minute Captain America sort of extended you know a, a scene and trailer piece. And and from the scope of that, it looks like you know we've got all of Shield, and we've got again you know sort of a larger scale. That's know, much more sophisticated sort of military story. Yeah. Yeah, something something yeah. along those lines that you know, I I I too I'm I'm very excited about about that story. It's it's something that's that's interesting, and I think to me it, it's you know, you know we've got you know I, we see some of those returning characters with with Shield, so we've got that sense of how you know Captain America, what his role is going to be in after the Battle of New York. But yeah, with with Thor, I kept trying to you know where did it. It didn't really connect other than just, you know, Jane. Yeah, J Jane was the key piece. She slaps Loki and she, you know, yells at Thor for you didn't call. But other yeah. than that, there's no no real consequence. Then I guess maybe that's the it's the challenge of a character like Thor who's really not, you know, connected to Earth. He's got all these other large scale issues to be contending with. So this isn't really and they right. I guess they address that a little bit in the beginning of, you know, he's supposed to be there. You know, on Asgard taking care of things, but he's always off, you know, watching Jane or, or whatever. And so he's he's got to get himself rooted back to what his priorities should be. Well, and I and think they torn. ended up with that. I, I think they ended the yeah. story nicely on that front. But but if you're, I you know, I, I think by going back to the trope of uh, you, um, the, all these different universes aligning, which we've already seen yeah. how that works, and then not letting that logic play out in the same way that that is a, that was a weakness for me in the big action sequence that that right. just didn't feel yeah. whole <laughs> right get it nice thanks yeah. yeah but that 
but for me, that big final action sequence in London was pure joy for me, most of it. Oh, yeah. Every kid for Christmas is going to want one of those remote control things that lets you move, you know, gravity holes through the, the neighborhood with just, you know, the little, you know, you know, radio-controlled car controller. Yeah, that this would be nice. great to yeah. be for Christmas. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I did love when she found the keys. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> that, yeah, was that, was, yeah. that was nice. Nice touch. I just, yeah, when they were falling through the different worlds, and I know that it was really just, it became about the battle between two realms, and not just one, after hearing you guys talk, but I was just, the film just absolutely came to life for me, and I thought it was so much fun, and with buses and cars crashing into whatever horrible other realm that was, where apparently they just make dirt, Um, and then all of that stuff, it was just so... I just loved it. That's the kind of thing, because I hate big boss battles. One of the big reasons that I have trouble with um, superhero movies is I hate big boss battles. And that one involved enough extra imagination to me that just made it so much fun. I think I said in the notes that I was I was literally like bouncing up and down on my seat. Like I was just so happy. I just thought it was really smart and really clever. It, it was that. a lot of it was fun. I mean, it was a, it was a lot of fun, and you know, it you you take it at face value. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But then you you look at all these other things, and it's like, gosh, you know, they could have done a lot more with it. So it does it. It leaves me torn. It's like you know, I I did enjoy it, but at the same time, I know what they could have done with it, and so I I when I think about it in retrospect, I'm like, gosh, yeah, I it was fun, but I wish that there was a little more going on there. Absolutely, and that makes perfect sense, and that's why I wonder if I'm an interesting addition, not knowing anything about Marvel, not knowing anything about superheroes and that kind of stuff, yeah. uh, that, I, that I can say, like, what what really turned me on Absolutely. was, like, you know, things would happen, and then Thor would be charismatic, and that'd be great, and then the film would go to sleep for a while, and then... Tom Middle Hiddleston would show up and the film would come back to life and then would go back to bed. You know, it's just like for (laughs) someone that isn't counting on the mythology uh, and someone who loves mythology, again, that's why I was so disappointed with the bad guys. But uh, yeah, that, that ending sequence, that ending battle was just phenomenal in my mind. So much fun. The, uh, where do we stand? Are you guys watching um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No. I, I watched the first uh, uh, episode. I heard it's had like a 40% drop off in viewership since uh, the first episode aired. Well, and I, I'm yeah, I don't, I'm, I've been watching it and, and uh, I think it's actually, I think it's getting better. Uh, it, it, the first episode I thought was, was good. It had that whole Joss Whedon kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, and then it, then it, you know, kind of went down a little bit, but, but what's interesting to me is that the, you know, and, and I can't remember this ever happening before, but because of this Marvel cinematic universe, uh, it sounds like the episode to air this week, uh, or this coming week, maybe it's, uh, the 12th, um, is supposedly set in the aftermath of Thor, Dark World, huh. right? That's smart. Yeah. Of this so, latest of Thor? Of this latest Thor, yeah. So they're doing an, an immediate um, tie-in uh, to the television show, uh, between the television show and this film. That's that's my understanding of it. Now, you know, I'll report back, but... Uh, um, it it just seems uh, it seems like a really interesting tie-in, and I I'm fascinated by that. I wonder I, I wonder w- w- which it will help. 
Um, you know, if, yeah. it, if it'll help the film or the, not that it appears to need any, but uh, if it'll help the show. Did the film right. do well? Yeah. I know I we mean, don't usually talk about that kind of stuff, but did this, did Thor the Dark Soldier do well? Yeah, just uh, information as of today, it's made almost $87 million domestically, and foreign, it's already at about $241 million. So worldwide, it's already made about $327 oh, wow. million. Production budget was $170 million, so I don't know what they spend on uh, prints and advertising, but uh, they're definitely, you know, it's definitely doing well. Marvel is printing money. Wow. wow. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I'm excited for the one that uh, Edgar Wright is directing. Oh, that's uh, Ant-Man, right? Ant- yeah, Ant-Man when they get around yeah. to it, yeah. That'll be and fun. And then I also don't know if you saw the, the big Netflix news. Yes, with, talk with about Marvel. that. Uh, I mean, I, I just huge. you know sort of skimmed over, but apparently, yeah, they're, they're Marvel has cut a deal with Netflix for, I believe, I, and I don't recall if it's movies or if it's series based on four other characters, and I know that one of them is Daredevil. I'm I'm not as much into the, all the comics and all of that, so I I mean I know Daredevil, you know, and they that attempted a film that they tried, but they're bringing that back, and then three other characters, and I, their names elude me at this point. But it it sounds like a big uh, big deal for for Netflix in the terms of their original content, and you know again just Marvel sort of continuing to sort of dominate. Oh uh, the God. media escape there. So they've got TV, they've got theatrical release, and now they're you know going to be in the, the original streaming content as well. So yeah, strike that, while the iron's hot, and they are. That is, yes, they uh, are. I think, going to be fascinating. I think that was the idea. It would go from, let's see, they've Netflix committed to a minimum of four 13-episode series culminating in Marvel's The Defenders miniseries event that reimagines a dream team of self-sacrificing heroic characters. Yeah. Uh, and and it does it includes Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Iron Fist. Um, it you know these are these are this is interesting and I've I've been thinking about this for a long time and this has been I, mostly from DC the perspective of DC uh, just as a big Batman fan is that the, you know I think what the what the Disney Marvel engagement has enabled is some back catalog stories around this sort of you know i imagine this the indiana jones size um you know warehouse of comic book character you know treatments right and they just haven't been able to to figure out how to execute and this disney abc netflix marvel these all of the 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 different sort of concatenations of studios uh, is enabling us to see some some uh, material that we otherwise maybe never would have seen out outside of these you know classic shrink wrapped comics uh, and i oh, think it's they great were always fighting against each because other? why would you make a why would you make a uh, you know 150 million dollar film about uh, jessica jones Right. right. I mean, that's it's one of the sort of uh, bench strength, uh, um, you know, characters from the Marvel Universe that that, you know, who knows what what Jessica Jones does. Uh, but but this whole idea that we now get to see, flesh out some new characters gives life to this back catalog that I think is really great. It'll be nice to see them. Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't Didn't even care because all you're di- saying is, "Please let me have more Iron Man movies." Come on. 
No, we're saying we want Spider-Man to get back into the Marvel Universe with the Avengers is what we really want to yeah, see. But yeah, that's not that's that's just a pipe dream, I think, at this point. Dad, Daddy would like that. That's true. Also, got, what I'm saying is who's studios. <laughs> no one's no one's gonna she, answer she, my question. She's the one who wrote the diary. What? <laughs> that was a really bad joke, I guess. I don't get it. I think it was a Bridget Jones Bridget joke. Jones. I think it was. Oh, a pretty that's fun. Oh, right, because yeah. she's fat. Okay. Right. <laughs> who's no? Who's uh, Jessica Jones? Okay, I'm sorry. so Jessica know. Jones. She was no. She was. Uh, let me see. Here's the backstory on Jessica Jones. She was a lonely Midtown high school student with a crush on fellow student Peter Parker, and oh. a fantasy fixation on the Human Torch. She was on a trip to Disney World with her family when her father, distracted by a backstreet quarrel of her and her brother, lost control of their car in a car accident with an army truck transporting unidentified experimental material, possibly radioactive to which Jessica was exposed in the course of the accident. Her father, mother, and brother were killed, and Jessica sustained injuries that put her in a coma for months. While the Fantastic Four clashed with Galacticus outside her hospital window, so that's who was in that hospital, (laughs) Jessica awoke from her coma, and she was placed in a home for wayward children and later adopted by a family named Jones, whose name she took. Uh, she manifested superhuman powers as the result of experimental material, or the uh, material to which she was exposed. She could fly... Uh, she was rescued by Thor. She, after a crash, she realized that she had also gained superhuman strength. So she's like, she's she can fly and she's really strong. And, and did uh, you just come up with all that? On no, your own no, or? that's from the Marvel Universe wiki. Oh, okay, yeah. gosh. So thank you, Marvel Universe wiki, marvel.com/slash/universe/slash/jones, comma underscore Jessica. Thanks, MUW. <laughs> <laughs> Good looking out. Well, and All that's right. uh, that's the, apparently this whole thing ties into her, uh, uh, her and Daredevil and Shield and the Scarlet Witch, and and so this brings this other kind of uh, team together, which I think is what they're you know going to be working on for the next Netflix, Netflix angle. So, not to mention the Guardians of the Galaxy one, which yes, all which was a fun that, little. I thought that was the one that Edgar Wright was directing. No, was Guardians that... of the Galaxy. No. Nope. Okay, my apologies. But that was the one that we had the little teaser of right in the middle of the credits. James Gunn is directing the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I like James Gunn. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah that was uh, that was the one with uh, what's his name? What was his name? Benicio, Benicio, Benicio del, del, del Toro. That's right. Yeah, that was good. Okay, oh, the crazy so, thing at the end of the movie. Yeah, that was yeah. that was the teaser for Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, can we? Uh, okay. Would you like talk, to know about that? About talk that about too? that? Who's the collector? M- MUW actually comes in handy on this one, too. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's MU-dub. That's how we talk M-U-dub, about it on the, yeah. the streets. Yeah. And I think there was, uh, I think it was Wired.com. Uh, I think they had a little uh, article on, you know, for those of you that saw Thor this weekend but aren't, you know, completely up to speed on all your Marvel Universe history. That's here's me! What, <laughs> Here's what this whole scene was really about, and they even talk about, you know, I mean, they tie it even back to the first Thor film because it it has to do with this uh, this gauntlet of power or something like that, and uh, which is all I guess going to play into the Guardians of the Galaxy and, and the the ether right. and the Tesseract being these whatever power gems or something like that. Yeah. So the collector is a really bad guy. He's, He's apparently collector. trying to collect these five. You know, power Six. things. So that he, was it? Yeah, that's right. Five more. 
Right. Yeah. So he's trying to collect these things so he can take over the universe or the galaxy. Oh, fair enough. I bet that'll work out great for him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Sure will. Sure. I uh, this is going to be an interesting uh interesting one cuz Guardians of the Galaxy they're like the Avengers from the 31st century. Uh yeah, right. And so this whole like time travel thing and the, you know like the heroes are like one is a raccoon and uh it, you know they they're just it's going to be a lot of CGI a lot you know for the actual characters uh, main characters so it's very much a sort of Yoda circa original trilogy kind of a film so um you know it'll be interesting to to see what they end up doing with it i i am absolutely not familiar with the guardians of galaxy this is a comic i've never read uh and so i'm i'm very excited to see what they come up with yeah it will be interesting definitely will be interesting it's Uh, more comedic in stance you know, with a character as a raccoon, it's kind of hard to see it any other way. I'll be interested to see if they and, try to do that. And, and from and what Vin I Diesel heard, has a part as a talking tree or something yeah. like yeah. that. I guess, yeah. <laughs> they showed a clip of it at Comic Con, and from what I heard, it definitely had some of that, uh, a lot of levity, kind of just kind of a, just a wacky humor. So I'm I'm curious to see how they how it all fares. That makes Edgar Wright make more sense. Oh, no, I'm still thinking well, that, that was Ant-Man. distracting it. Yeah. That's that was a, a long time ago. Yeah, minutes. I'm, I, I drank so much. You just, you just want Edgar <laughs> Still Wright. dealing with that. I kind of oh, want no. Edgar Wright to direct everything. <laughs> That's right. Uh, ever since Scott Pilgrim in the World, which is my favorite movie of that year, I just love him. Um, can we go back to the film for a second? J- yes, let's do, let's, let's do that. What do you have to yes, say? Yes, enough digressions. Um, was how... Di- how did Loki live? I'm glad that he lived. I assumed he would live because the film went to sleep whenever he wasn't on film. But well, he, and they offed him, him extremely easily. Like there was no emotional buildup to him being disappeared. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, they killed him, and he gave a speech to his brother. Yeah. Well, I mean, that seemed like kind of an anemic a thing. speech. But also, like, how did he? I don't. How did he live? Did I miss something? Just because he can turn into another person doesn't mean that when he seemingly dies, he dies. It seemed like a cheat, but I assumed I missed something. Film buddies to the rescue. Well, I would say the only thing that I can either logically come up with given, you know, as we talk about the way Loki operates is appearances can be deceiving with him. So he may have appeared to have died and returned to his whatever stone or frost giant Origins with you know his skin sort of taking on that, that different hue and oh and all that, he that, can he that, can change that oh well he stop. could I could just I mean if you can make Thor's hand disappear you could change you know I I don't know that's that's the logic that I had to come up with to to justify what how he's still alive seemingly when we think he's dead as again with him nothing's what it seems that's. Yeah, that's all you can. That's all you can assume when you walk out. It's just like, well, Loki is the trickster, so he must have fit, somehow found a way to fake his death for Thor. I, I don't know how he planned it in such a short moment, but you know, he obviously figured it out and was able to pull that the wool over Thor's eyes back on the throne, um, waiting bother- for the perfect waiting for the perfect moment when his father or you know when Odin wasn't sitting in it. <laughs> You know, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's well, one of the crossover. Well, that's the question is, is I have is that felt like if, 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 Lo, if Loki's 
sitting there as Odin, has he somewhat locked Odin away somewhere and taken his place and is ruling in his stead and has Odin, you know, imprisoned someplace? Because that's the most interesting thing. Yeah. Is, that's, is, is that's Odin what I, dead? That's what I came through with, not just that's like, oh gosh, let, let, let's, let's wait for dad to leave and then I'm going to take his place and hope Thor comes by. Is No, I take it as more sinister. Loki's finally found a way to get on the throne because right. he... He when he had that he appeared he was that guard, you know that guard comes to deliver the news to Odin and it's clearly that's not the guard to deliver the news of what happened. It's that's Loki, because he appeared as a guard earlier in the film, and if you caught if you if you had a keen eye, there was that moment you could see because there's always that sort of greenish glow when they change. There was that on the edge of the screen as the camera came across, and then that guard or soldier or whatever we'll call him was there on the desolate dirt planet um so i sort of pieced together okay he's taken on that guys he's now going to going to now up there i am there you Uh, am (laughs) going to uh you know if he's going to appear to to odin and trick him uh to deliver this news there's a lot that goes on off screen that, uh, that Loki's up to that I, I don't know if we're ever going to see that or not, but I'm just kind of the fact he's you can't trust him. And that was the that was when they cut away from fake soldier real Loki saying delivering the news that Loki died. Or I guess he says, no, someone didn't live, and then his father, because it's a big daddy issue thing, yeah. obviously, with Loki, right. saying someone that it was, was it Loki? And he goes, yes, sir, it was. To cut away from that scene, that was the most interesting part of that scene, was being letting Loki hear what his father really hears about him. Feels about him, I'm sorry. And so to cut away, yeah, I, I would think that, that that was the most interesting part to me, was where's Odin? Right, because it must be not have gone well. So the uh, well, I know uh, Chris Hemsworth has at least what two, one more Thor film and two more Avengers films that he's contracted to do. So I mean, at, at least we know we're going to get the answer. Oh, I kind of I like that. I like that you know that. I kind of wish we didn't know that. <laughs> doesn't that kind of doesn't that kind of hurt? Like because we because when everyone's become so like film savvy, and like entertainment news and stuff, like I don't know. Can you really like have another Psycho or something like that? Well, if you can have a sequel to The Shining. You can certainly yeah. Have another, yeah. Well, so, the first season of Game of Thrones did it. Yeah. Right. There, I didn't see that coming. I hadn't read the book, so I didn't see that coming. Killing the first. Oh, that was that's epic. That's epic. Yeah, it was the, insane. So, did you guys? Um, first of all, and this is this is one of those things I was really frustrated with in the tra- in the the difference between the, in the the first movie to the second movie that there was you know in the first movie they made this huge deal about how the Bifrost Gate was destroyed and that was going to be a that was going to be really hard to deal with. And in this movie, the Bifrost Gate is totally fixed. Like they did, there was nothing that was hard about that. They just, there was a lot. That, they just, that, that made me mad. And so in this movie, I, I hope <laughs> that they, that we figure out that we get to to know the secret of Loki and his survival. But I'm, I am not um, confident that we will see that. The, the one thing that was interesting to me, I did not stay. I, so I saw the mid credit scene. Right, uh-huh. I didn't stay for the end. Did you guys stay for the end? End? Of yeah, course, you always have to stay, and you didn't miss. Really, you didn't. You, didn't, you actually no, just missed a little joke. 
What yeah. about the bi- well, what about the frost monster monster from Jotunheim? Yeah, yeah, he's what? the frost what monster talk- from Jotunheim. Oh, you're Stop talking putting dinos- sounds together. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about dinosaur dog. No, is it, well, it said it, 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 this is yeah. the, the Wikipedia says yeah. uh, Jane and yeah, Thor reside on Earth while somewhere in London right. a frost monster from Jotunheim. That's the runs dinosaur around and chases dog. birds. Yeah, he he's runs the dinosaur around dog. He's, he's running. He's frolicking around chasing birds. Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's it. Well, yeah. see, they say it runs Nothing a sinister. Well, <laughs> it, well, yeah. no, it, it, it you say chasing birds. I, that sounds more like frolicking, not a muck. It, it's it it's was frolicking. Yeah. Oh. It was frolicking. It was very playful. There was nothing sinister about it. It's not like, oh no, there's something dark afoot in in London, and now Thor's got something else to take. It was just, oh yeah, that wacky dog just chasing birds and pigeons. Yeah, and it really it really diminishes that whole frost monster from Jotunheim. Yeah. It makes it feel like you know a cute little puppy playing in the in in the <laughs> yard. So it really <laughs> took a lot out lame. of it. It really did take take it out. But then also Nick Fury died. But past that, there was nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nobody, there was nothing to hang on to. Uh, no, they did, I, like, usually, usually, like, the collector scene would have been at the end of the movie. Yeah, so they right? just need to shoehorn more credit scenes. But yeah. I, think that, I think that they followed Joss Whedon's thing of the shawarma scene after the Avengers. Right, right. Of like, it doesn't always have to. Now that we have everyone together, Nick Fury showing up at the end of the movie, being like, "Really, you still don't yeah. want to come?" Uh, they're just starting to maybe use it as jokes now. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. So, uh, final verdict on this movie. Let's go around and do uh, well. Uh, hey, real, real quick. I just oh, want to say, There's... I was glad to see that Idris Elba and Rene Russo both had more meat to their characters this go. Yes. Yes. I yes. Enjoyed- yes. Both of them. I loved seeing Renee Russo just kick butt. She's in, a butt in, kicker. That's oh, the truth. Yeah. I that liked her a so lot. That was so much fun to see. I'm bummed that she, was, she ate it, too, though. That's sad. Oh, but it was no. great seeing the little Viking funeral. I enjoyed that. Yeah? I, oh, I yeah. couldn't help but think, you know, like, what is the protocol on the Viking funeral after the first guy hits the boat with the arrows? Does everybody else try to just... Does, is there any <laughs> point, like, if you were the archer, would you be like, I can hit that, too? Like, yeah. I would want to hit that thing, too. Well, there were plenty of boats to hit. Jeez. I'd <laughs> like to be one of those guys. Okay, what was your other thing? That you, was it. Those, oh, that was the whole thing. All right. Those two things. Those, those were the two people. Because that was in Game of Thrones, right? Uh, unless I'm confused, there was a scene where the archer in a Game of Thrones fails a couple times yes, yes. to light the thing. I was just wondering if that was a fun thing for the director i wonder if that was done in one of his episodes i need to go back and check that that's really yeah yeah all right all right um so uh, we're gonna do some flick charting shall we oh flick this is gonna be good fun i can't wait this This is this is the point in the show where tom goes what's flick chart again (laughs) no here's my new new thing because i remember what flick chart is i would actually like to suggest that we have some sort of a like song that plays like when (laughs) pete says okay i guess it's time for flick chart and be like flick chart let's get a flick chart on like it should have a theme don't you Can think? you record that for us, and then we'll use it. <laughs> I'm just, you don't even need to bother. I'm just going to use what you just did. That's it. I'm That's just going to take it out, and I'm going to double it, and maybe do some auto tuning. Think, think about it. And Flick that's going to be our new. 
get our flick chart on. Flick, flick I think on. that's what it needs. All right, good. I can't <laughs> wait. Uh, and after that, we're going to go to flickchart.com slash the next reel, and that is where you can find our list of uh, uh, all the films that we've done. And now, uh, now that we have more than 100 episodes, oh. de- debuting below 100 uh, or, or debuting oh. higher than 100 is, is, is premium placement. So this will be a, a good test for uh, Alan Taylor's Thor The Dark World. Let's see. You ready? Oh, I'm, I'm ready. Thor, Thor The Dark World, or Thank You For Smoking? I thank have you for to smoking. Thank, you for, thank smoking. you for smoking. Thank you for smoking. <laughs> Thor The Dark World, or Miller's Crossing? Miller's Crossing. It is a pretty convoluted story, but at least there is yeah. more convoluted. I, I enjoy the convolutedness. Convolutedness? Can I say that? Of Miller's sure. Crossing. I, I would have loved Thor of the Dark World to, to be, be as, as convoluted ve- as yeah. Miller's Crossing. On its very best day, yeah. it's not as convoluted. I as still Miller's don't Crossing. think that I really understand Miller's Crossing, but Miller's Crossing. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Thor the Dark World or Oz the Great and Powerful? It totally is Thor. Yes, it yeah. is Thor. It's Thor. You know what? Honestly, no, it's uh, Thor. <laughs> I just always like to pretend to be have like. You so look, I'm guy. Tommy the Contrarian. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Thor: The Dark World or Bullet? Bullet, please. Oh, totally Bullet. Yes, Bullet. What do you do if I'm... you haven't seen the movie and you're ashamed about it? Mm. Do you just go along with everyone else, or do you abstain? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, if there's shame involved, you just be real quiet and sad. Oh. If you haven't seen the movie, you can admit it and then go see the movie. Oh, okay. Get hey, back everybody. to us. So so sad I couldn't make the podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thor the Dark World or Key Largo? Oh, God, these same movies oh, keep coming yeah. up. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to I, have to go with Thor because it, 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 it is fun. And it is something I will watch again. I have seen Key Largo. It's been a while. But I, I, I did have fun with Thor. I yeah. would go with Thor The Dark World because you're right. It is a lot of fun to watch. I will go with Thor because just like I did with the Wolverine uh, bullet train sequence, the Thor con congruence, whatever that's called, Confluence. sequence at the end, confluence, uh, was just so much, so much fun. I was going to go Key Largo, so, uh, so I'll, I'll be okay with that. Yeah, right. you're a fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Thor the Dark World or Major League mm. now I, or when I was a child now I, I uh, actually think I would go Thor over Major League yeah I would I would too because I, I it's I enjoy it, Major League but it's dated it definitely has yeah. a dated feel to it yeah alright yeah I, I'm, I'll go Thor I'll go Major League why not <laughs> <laughs> right. Somebody's got to stand up for Major League. Right, guys, it's Major League. That's yeah. right. All right. Wow, look at that. We cracked the top 100. Wow. At, at 99. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That feels That's good. That's fantastic. 
99. Uh, be happy that Thor just bumped Bull Durham out of the top. <laughs> oh, finally. <laughs> Valhalla, oh, thank right. you. You guys all hate Bull Durham. No, I love Bull no. Durham. He, he hates just it. Hates I it. love it. I yes. don't. I it, I just. It's so old. good. Oh, shut it, please. Oh, you and your boosterism for Kevin Look. two by four Costner. <laughs> It is okay. I'm gonna stop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this was great, everybody. Thank you, uh, Tommy. Thank you for hanging out with us, and and uh, Steve. Thank you for hanging out with us, and Andy. You know, you're just always a real charmer. Uh, it's been a good conversation about Thor: The Dark World. Everybody, please check out thenextreel.com. <laughs> Couldn't afford the dot com. <laughs> uh, and uh, check out the 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 blog stylings of our very own uh, blog runner, uh, Steve Sarmento. He's been uh, blogging fantastically over there. And uh, and uh, on the, to join the discussion on Facebook.com/slash/thenextreel as well. And don't forget. Stay tuned every Thursday, uh, or well, I'm going to say Friday morning, when we when we do the regular show, and you can catch up on the Instagram Guess the Movie Pony Prize, and Andy will be sure to give you an update next week. And I think that, as they say, is that. Thanks, everybody, and we'll uh, catch you next time on uh, the next reel. Oh, you play you play the trailer? Yeah, thanks for listening. I do listen. That's new. <laughs> Not that new. Huh. Where did you start? Huh. <laughs> oh, I should uh, stop talking. Uh, okay, go ahead. Long enough did you start at the beginning? That's right. You started a hundred episodes ago. That'd be okay. Right. You're Mark Marin, right? <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> I want to punch you in the neck. Here on the Film Board, we have covered quite a variety of great page-to-screen adaptations over the years, from superheroes like Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, based on stories like Nightfall and The Dark Knight Returns, to horror and sci-fi like Max Brooks's World War Z and Hiroshi Sakazuraka's All You Need Is Kill, which became one of our favorites, Edge of Tomorrow, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And who could forget Andy Weir's stranded astronaut adventure, The Martian, or Dave Eggers' tech thriller, The Circle? Supposedly so much better than the movie. We've also explored Stephen King epics like The Dark Tower and It, biopics like Damien Chazelle's First Man, and sweeping sagas like Denis Villeneuve's take on Frank Herbert's Dune. And don't forget Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, based on David Grant's nonfiction book about the 1920s murders of the Osage Nation. I just finished the book, and it's fantastic. It's always fascinating to look at the source material, and we often do as the book lovers we are. For those of you out there who love to do the same, head to thenextreel.com slash originals to find all of our past episodes and dive deeper into these adapted stories. And it's not just stories. We've included things like the video games Uncharted and Detective Pikachu. That's right. Thenextreel.com slash originals is your one-stop shop for in-depth looks at the sources for cinematic adaptations that we have discussed. Every purchase you make supports the film board and the Next Reel's family of shows. So what are you waiting for? Head to thenextreel.com slash originals and get your next read today. Next Reel.